Welcome to Speaking of Service, the podcast that uncovers practical ways to grow service revenue, control costs, and improve customer satisfaction. If you're looking to innovate, gain a competitive edge, or just learn about the latest service trends, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Speaking of Service on the Road, Part 2. Chris Wolf is back with Anthony Motha discussing barriers field service organizations face when scaling their digital transformation projects. They discuss issues like security, aging workforce, and hear opinions from LiveWorks guests. This is our second of our special editions of Speaking of Service on the Road. We took our show to LiveWorks and had a conversation uh, in an earlier episode with Patrick from B.O. Mariu, with Haroon from Bell and & Howell, and then with Alexander from Harpak Alma talking about the ways they're receiving value now and expect to receive value from their investment in smart and connected products for service in the next one, two year. Uh, I'm here again with my counterpart. Welcome, Anthony Moffa, to Speaking of Service. Thank you, Chris. Good to be here again. You had a ton of conversations. I don't think you had a spare moment at LiveWorks. Uh, we talked about all the value customers were getting, but as you said, there's no free lunch. Yeah, um, we certainly know that you know, implementing an IoT program can save them money, can enhance their business, uh, but it doesn't come, as an old boss said to me, there's no such thing as a free lunch. That connectivity comes with, with a price, it comes with a dedication to the service. And the reasons and the things that you see behind that are, for example, I'm going to now expose your infrastructure to the outside world, right? I'm connecting maybe a medical device to the internet, of course, there's concerns about security there. Uh, but the drivers behind that we're seeing are, there's the silver tsunami, as they're calling it, where a large number of the field service technicians are retiring. And they're taking a ton of information with them. They're leaving the facilities, they're, and they're going in. And now these newer technicians don't have that experience. They don't have the knowledge. Um, and you have this gap in, in, in that environment. The interesting thing is that remote services is now providing these senior technicians the opportunity to work 20 hours a week as part-time to augment the services and provide, you know, basically phone-a-friend support to their newer technicians. So this combination of the, you know, these changes and you really kind of, you're going to morph your business, you're going to change the way you do business, but it's, it's going to overall be very efficient and effective for you to do this. So we have these, I call them machine whisperers, who are ready to phase out of that phase of their working life, these incoming new young whisperers trying to kind of catch a clue. Uh, there's also bad actors that these folks need to be concerned about. There's a cyber concern anytime you're connecting something that was previously unconnected. How often did that come up in your conversations? That is, if not number one, it's number zero. Uh, it's... <laughs> You know, we, we give a numbering sequence, right, one through, and then if we realize there's something that precedes one at zero, well, security is probably number one, two, and three. It, it, everybody has that security concern, and rightfully so, because there are bad actors. There are a number of people out there who want to gain access to information and leverage that information against you. Um, so it is by far the biggest concern that we have. I think we take for granted, having come and grown up in the IT world, that securing and monitoring for intrusion detection, prevention, response is something that IT folks have been doing for decades. And yet Alexander talked about the challenges of, of helping IT and OT people come together. Why is it that the OT world is sort of so late to the game on the cyber front? 
I think the OT world is so slow because for a period of time, they were in a disconnected world. They were only internal to their organization. Uh, their equipment was not connected to the corporate network. It was not connected to the outside world. It was maintained on its own. But as they're evolving and they're realizing that the measurement of those systems and the sharing of that data uh, and, and really pulling that information together into a larger pool of data becomes valuable to them, they are now opening that door. So they are now connecting um, those systems. And that's why they're all of a sudden thrust from the dark ages, quite literally, of security into the current day of everything's a cyber threat. We've spoken at length about, you know, initially connecting things so you could react to a service event promptly. Perhaps you could predict when a service event was going to be required and schedule that, ideally preventing that event from happening in the first place and providing proactive maintenance to improve uh, schedule, uh, customer and employee and user experiences and ultimately getting prescriptive. We also heard from, uh, I think it was Bell and Howell, no, excuse me, it was BioMariu talking about providing testing as a service and these new business models. It's no longer just about enabling service for its own sake, but it's about enabling that metering and billing of utilization. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost a leasing program for equipment in some respects. Um, you know, we, we experience that in our own personal lives, right? There are printer companies out there today who will sell you ink programs, right, to automatically supply ink to you because they're currently monitoring the usage that your device has. So they know it's in, you absolutely positively need the ink in order to print. And that is really their moneymaker, right? It's the same thing in the med dev world. Uh, in the medical devices world, the piece of equipment is really enabling a process of testing maybe your blood or testing some other uh, fluid out of your body. So they, they really want to make sure the tests are run because the assays, as they call them, that they sell, are the, that's their razor blade. If I looked at it as a razor, razor blade analogy, that's the thing that continually goes through the process of being sold. So it's very valuable for, for them and for their customers. Because quite frankly, if a customer, the hospital wants to run a test and they can't run a test because they're out of assays, that means a patient is going without that test and a doctor can't make a diagnosis. So we had a chance to ask our three guests the same question. Uh, what are the barriers you have encountered when scaling your digital transformation in your field services organization? Uh, we'll get started first with Patrick from BioMariu. As we told you last time, they are leaders in in vitro diagnosis. They've got tens of thousands of pieces of equipment out there. And to your point, a really mission critical type of a test. I think one of the main barriers somewhat is, as you just mentioned, we are in the uh, medical device you know, environment. So we have to be compliant with uh, EPA, GDPR in Europe, EPA in the US, but also all the cybersecurity standards. So we are, our main customers are hospitals, labs, and they are extremely uh, you know, vigilant about the cybersecurity uh, and of our solution. So we need to be able to convince that our solutions are fully cybersecure and they are compliant with those standards. So this is a main kind of a barrier, but as soon as you get with those customers and you explain our solution and the architect and we get the technical folks all together, we are able to overcome those type of uh, kind of a barriers, but they, are still, they still exist. So we are still uh, education and uh, the level of maturity of our field engineers in the various countries that we need to educate to overcome those barriers. That's interesting, Anthony. One word that really stood out to me was the word vigilant. 
that connected machine makers and their users need to be vigilant. It's not that you can prevent cyber events happening, but you've got to be vigilant and be able to respond to those things. Did that stand out to you? It did, and the other item that stood out to me was um, that they're looking at this as a conversation with their customer as opposed to a demand. It's, it's really more informative. Let's talk about how we do this. Let's talk about why we do this, um, which is really important because you're, you're partnering with that customer of yours to say, we'd like to connect this. This is about what's good for you. It's about what's good for me. This is a win-win situation, and this is how we're going to keep you safe. You know, it, it's interesting that while this does expose um, an organization to, you know, it's another piece of equipment that is connected, um, a large number of, of the cyber issues literally come from employees internal to the organization clicking on uh, a piece of information that they shouldn't have. They, they got a phishing email, they thought it looked legit, and they clicked on it. And that's why now you see in a number of organizations, they're really pressing hard on uh, training people and literally testing their employees for these types of events. So we also got to ask that same question to our guests from Bell & Howell. Uh, Haroon spoke a little bit uh, about the value they were getting. Let's hear what he has to say about the threats and the, the hurdles that he's overcoming. We always started digital transformation efforts, especially remote monitoring, very small. And then we uh, included early adopters. And then top management support is important. So they need to, cover, they need to provide air cover to do these bite-sized projects and succeed in them and then make sure that it's uh, ingrained in the company culture and do the promotion, walk the talk. So top leadership involvement is very important, but also start projects small and get some uh, buy-in from early adopters. So that's very important. So when we were talking about barriers, we asked about executive buy-in, about the silver tsunami, as you put it, and about cyber threats. Haroon really talks about driving executive buy-in by starting small and scaling. And, and he's saying that, too, even in the context of working with his customer. So, for example, um, some things that are very different from Arun's business world that may be from the BMRU world. BMRU is working primarily with individual hospitals and laboratories. Now, there are some conglomerates. Uh, some hospitals are joined together. Uh, but in his case, he's working, say, with a large buck, a big box company, and then going to that big box company and saying, listen, we're going to partner with you to do this. And we're going to start with a pilot. And by the way, you're going to be our partner in this process. And then once we've got that pilot working, then we can expand to your whole organization. So he doesn't have to deal with HIPAA. He doesn't have to deal with EUMDR and other requirements. He's purely dealing with the security construct. So he does have a different model. But it, but it is interesting because his approach is since he can get buy-in from that big box store, he can start small and then expand to the whole organization, whereas, unfortunately, be a mayor use case, they have to go hospital by hospital by hospital in, very, in many cases. Makes me think about Shark Tank asking the entrepreneurs, how many stores have you got to take a, a shipment of your equipment? So interesting that you're here. You're not just bringing new technology to the front, but you're consulting with your client on an entirely new route to market through these uh, essentially automated locker systems. Exactly. Uh, we also talked with Harpak Alma. Let's listen to what challenges Alexander had to raise around connecting his equipment. 
I will say that kind of the largest barriers that we see amongst our customers are siloed workforces. So in a plant floor, you have IT and you have OT. IT would manage like the internet and all the computers and OT manages anything that's actually on the production floor. So a lot of times there's either a tribal mindset, kind of tribal knowledge, where there's a very uh, confrontational type of relationship there. And the way that we've overcome that is by helping people realize that there's shared value there, right? If we can use IoT to, like my earlier example, improve the efficiency of a machine and ultimately everyone makes more money, both groups look better than their bosses, they get more money, they get promoted, and ultimately they look better. So a lot of it is just helping them see the value in it and the vision and taking incremental steps to get there. So Anthony, you were right there speaking with our clients, including these. Put a cap on it for me. Uh, we talked about the value that our customers are receiving through smart and connected products and operations, as well as some of the, the barriers. What's your summation of this? We have different differing levels of adoption and even visualization of where they want to be. You, know, you, you see this, in fact, the recent studies are showing about half of the customer base that we have in our world uh, don't even have IoT in place today. Yeah. Right, so we're, we are really still, for as a 20-year program, 25, 30 years uh, that IoT's been around, it's still an emerging market. They're still going forward with this. And so you have these uh, different workspaces, these different views of the world. Like, like we said with Patrick, Patrick's got a very difficult time because he's selling to many small locations. Uh, when we get into the Bell & Howell case, we're selling to a single location, so we have a different sell process to that when we get into Harpac Alma, they're more a combination of the two. They have a lot of locations, but they may have a number of machines at those locations, but they're all faced with the same problems. They're all change, They're all adjusting those problems and answering those problems the way their organization can do it. And, and they are all learning. They're at different levels of that, right? But we said with Patrick, Patrick's definitely way down the learning path. So they're changing the way they want to sell their product. And it will probably become that way for Bell & Howe, probably become that way for Harpac Alma as well. So the one thing I tell everybody is, when you connect an asset, it is not the end. It is literally the beginning. You are starting to gain information about how your customer uses your product, how your product works, and what you can do to change them and you moving forward. So it's a beginning point. It is, this is not the end. Well, I think that's a great place for us to end. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much. You've been with us here at Speaking of Service since the beginning. Uh, and I love that conversation that Anthony just led us through, that once you get a piece of technology in place, that's just the beginning. And I encourage you to look at the ways that PTC and our partner community are helping our clients create that business strategy for adopting smart and connected products or operations, helping deploy that technology, get it up and running in the organization, learning to use it safely, then gaining a new lease on life over time. Thanks so much for joining us here at Speaking of Service. If you enjoyed our On the Road edition, I invite you to tweet to us. Our hashtag is Speaking of Service. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Service podcast, brought to you by PTC. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a rating or review. And be sure to check out other episodes to hear new perspectives on improving life for aftermarket professionals, service teams, and the customers they support. If you have a topic of interest or want to provide feedback, email us at speakingofservice at ptc.com.
or visit us at ptc.com slash speakingofservice.